I'm rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. So at some point during one of my notes uh, for space, I wrote, boy, they're really, you know, skirting around the Challenger. If they, you know, I'm glad I, they're probably not going to mention that because that would be way too tasteless. You know, the Challenger was like seven years before this episode was made. It wasn't even a decade. This would be like having, you know, in 2008, a show where, you know, the terrorists who blew up the World Trade Center were controlled by aliens. They wouldn't do that. That would just be... And then they mentioned the Challenger explosion, and this was just... <laughs> this is... I, I think we have our first legitimately bad X-Files episode. Yeah, this is terrible. Yeah, the... Like, it's not good. <laughs> like, at all. There's nothing good about it. No, they're, 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 Mulder and Scully are barely in their own episode. The villain is not scary. The villain makes no sense. The plot makes no sense. Again, it's, it's, it's tasteless and, you know, icky to, you know, have this particular plot. Again, not even 10 years after one of the, you know, biggest, you know, disaster, a huge disaster. Like, it's... it's the, it, it's hard to – you're right because I had forgotten that the, the Challenger was yeah. 1986. So you're right. It would have been seven years yeah. before this episode was, was aired, which you know is, is – you're right. It's tasteless to, to the it, nth degree. Yeah. And that was a tragic you know, situation and, and really was a black, black mark for, for both the space program yeah. and for you know, NASA. And yeah, I think you're right that to, to put it in this sort of fictional context and to say that – the reason why the Challenger exploded was because some sort of alien ghost yeah. was controlling the the guy in charge of the jet propulsion laboratory or something. And when in real life, it's because you know just of a, a, a fucked up oversight with a piece of equipment. You know that that a that at one point he mentions, oh, we have you know all of these steps and checks. Like part of that is to because you know there was that oversight at that point. This right. is why the. You know, they're, they're trying to make this large – there's an attempt to have a theme where he's saying, you know, oh, you know, we used to be on the front page, you know, and now the only reason anyone pays attention is when something goes wrong. I'm trying to protect the space program and everything, and certainly the Challenger explosion was a reason that, you know, space travel started to go down, I'd assume. Well, I think that – um uh, maybe I, I I, i'm not i it, it certainly happened to coincide with a lot less of a focus on it but well they they do have that line um i think it's in this episode actually because it would make sense because they're talking about the, yeah. the the space shuttle program but you know a lot of people did feel like the space shuttle was nasa setting its sights very low mm. and and that it was sort of a diminishing of of their ability to project uh, out into space. You know, they, they had come around, you know, they did this, the, the moon landings a few times. They uh, uh, launched the Hubble telescope, which was a big yeah. deal. Um, you know, things of that nature. And, and then the space shuttle program was very much like, okay, let's send a 747 up into the atmosphere, which, okay. Now, I, yeah. I'm not super well-versed in the space shuttle, so I'm not going to be talking about that necessarily. But... I, I can see where this episode was was trying yeah. to go. I, I agree with you that putting the Challenger in it was perhaps a bit too much, and I, you know I don't know how it would have really played in 1993. Yeah. I, you know, but I mean, obviously they had 20 more seasons of the show afterwards, so it didn't like it wasn't like it made so much of a controversy that you know it killed the show. So right, but but I don't really know. The episode's fundamental problem, because you could have this episode yeah. work, I think, is that 
A, you're right. They needed to do a revamp of the villain for this episode oh. because it is a it ghost. Is laughable. Uh, it's the kind of thing that like TOS season three would do. Mm. And if you're not familiar with the original series of Star Trek, that <laughs> is not a compliment. But also, you're right. Like Mulder and Scully are not characters in this. They have no agency. There's no reason for them to be there. Mm. They don't do anything. And it just feels like you're watching them watch another episode yeah. of like the outer limits or something. It feels like whoever wrote this episode had this story in mind and altered it when they, you know, to be an X-Files script, but this could have been any one of a half dozen, you know, science fiction shows. Maybe it was a rejected script yeah. for the outer limits, who knows. <laughs> I part of the issue is because this does have a lot of structural similarities with Shadows, which was one of my favorite episodes so far, where they have somebody who's you know, is dealing with weirdnesses in their place of work or, you know, in their sphere of life. They come to Mulder and Scully looking for help. Something strange is going on with somebody, you know, and they're investigating it. I have a feeling that's going to be one of the the go-to structures of plots for this series. And it's a fine plot when, number one, as you had in Shadows, uh, Lauren Kite was a very good character. She was played very well. And the character of the villainous boss who's doing all this is is very oily and played played great. And Mulder and Scully, even though they're not, you know, they're more of the vehicle into sure. the episode, our characters, our Mulder sure. and Scully, are still doing stum- something, still have a role in it. Here, I don't even remember the name of the mission control lady who comes to them. Uh, the only reason I know is because I wrote it down. Right? It Michelle Genoweth. Okay. Um, and the the... Commander Bell, number one. I mean, his freak out at the end was some was awful acting. You know, it, it it's one thing that the special effects were failures. All right, it was 1993; they couldn't do this expensively. Fine, sure. But acting is not a you know the, 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 that that the special effect of the freak out was terribly done. Yeah, and and I I think you're right, and I I you know really what it comes down to is that especially at this point in, in the X Files, and the X Files again is a show that that does a, yeah. a bunch of different types of stories, and and it's very locked into a certain type of story right now, and the show really doesn't come into its own until it realizes that it can expand that palette and do other types of stories, and it it will happen. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really happen in the first season, but it happens you know pretty quickly after that. So, so you know, wait for that. But at this point, they were really locked into this form of storytelling. And I think that what's what's more galling about this episode is that it already feels like they're rehashing stuff that they had yeah. done better. And this is only the ninth episode of the series. Yeah. And while the show definitely, you know, course corrects from this and, you know, every season – uh, of any television show is going to have a couple of bad episodes, especially when they were doing so many. Um, you know, that's something that you hear from from TV writers all, you know, that, that were working in this era time and time again is that doing 22 to 26 episodes of television in a year yeah. is extremely difficult. And you're just going to have a couple of really bad episodes. But yeah, this is everyone's just going in, plugging away. You know, we're not making art right this week. You know, next week will be better. Yeah. But we're not really. It's not that much better. but we're not really watching this series so far i don't think for the weird alien stuff and i don't think we're necessarily watching it for 
the 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 science fiction aspect. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. it's going to. I, I think you're already starting to see that the X Files is going to live or die yeah. on the success or failure of the monster of the week or the plot line of the week. You know, this is like we've said before. A procedural, and mm-hmm. and it's not always locked into that, but a lot of the times it is, and it's only going to be as successful as the mystery. There is really there is a mystery uh, in this episode, but Mulder and Scully don't seem super interested in solving it. They they don't actually do anything yeah. except question a couple of people in the first fifteen minutes of the episode, and, and then shout thirty five degrees at the end, right? <laughs> and and like I, I just I don't understand what what they were trying to 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 accomplish with that. Again, going back to shadows, it's a similar villain in that it's still left very ambiguous. The you know. We, you get a working theory at the end of Shadows that, you know, this is the spirit of, you know, the old part, you know, the old partner and that, the, you know, this kind of thing can happen. And, you know, but that's all in the service of this larger story of, you know, the weapon sales to the terrorists and all of that. And uh, again, even if we you you leave with this, it's fine that the X-Files wants to leave us with. We don't really have any evidence. We saw something. It was weird. It very likely was something paranormal or supernatural, but that, you know, it leaves with a sense of evocative mystery. Like we'll never know everything and, you know, we're, but we're going to keep trying against it. Um, and, and again, shadows certainly had that. And even when we didn't know what it was, the scenes where the ghost was attacking were scary or, you know, visually distinct or interesting or moody or whatever. And not at all the case here. I can't remember, you know, I was cracking up laughing during all of the ghost sequences. And well, right, because I think the the, the primary problem here is that uh, uh, you, you, you don't have to understand completely what the the mystery of the week is what sort of structure it takes you know we don't have to have an exhaustive study of the jersey devil to yeah. to, to like that episode and get what it's doing we don't have to have a a scientific understanding of what the ghost and shadows is but we kind of have to have some kind of idea about how it works and what the rules are and in this episode mm-hmm. i could not tell you what the thing was what it was doing there what it was trying to do mm-hmm. Uh, the episode seems to like violate its own rules at certain points where the ghost is, is floating off and trying to murder people at the same time that like leaving the body of, of Colonel Belt and then yeah. is the alien completely gone and is he back in control of his, his faculties and then why wouldn't he immediately make a phone call and, and tell them that there was some sabotage like there are, are huge yeah. plot holes here that cannot be uh, uh, waved away. Yeah, and, and I mean, perfect. Like, not to cut you off, but a perfect no. example is like the character of Michelle, who is uh, uh, the person running the the control room, is like in a relationship or married with the guy who's on the space shuttle. Like, yeah, that, I don't even think that would be legal, or, <laughs> or it wouldn't be like it would violate some sort of uh, fraternization thing in the federal government. Like, that doesn't seem like a good idea. But the episode is is insulting our intelligence so much that it's not even expecting us to notice those sorts of things and it's just supposed to go okay well they're in a relationship whatever and it's it's an artificial way to heighten the tension that makes yeah. no sense and and let's talk about by the way the astronaut who is every goddamn right stuff cliche like you know they, they, they he's not a character he's like, hey, you know breakfast at albuquerque man it's getting you know, a toasty in here yeah. i was hoping you were going to say that uh, i don't know why he has a southern accent my version but. Uh, I mean, part of that does, it, it, 
does have to do with oh god, I forgot guy's name, the guy who broke this, Chuck Yeager, had that accent, and it was very trendy in, you know, early astronauts sure. to affect that accent. Again, he's, he, but but again, that makes the astronaut not a character, but a walking stereotype. Sure. And he's not even a, a vocal stereotype. We don't even see him. Um, but that, that's another good point, actually, that, that the, the, the astronaut character needs to be someone that we care about, yeah. someone that we want to succeed, and he's a non-entity. Like, do we, we don't know anything about him. Do we even buy that the two of them are in a relationship? I, I mean, don't. she has that one you know just be careful you know and but which any of them you know might say to them because oh my god you know we want to make sure they get home uh and he's just spouting off his little you know flippant you know i'm too cool to worry lines yeah and i think that the other thing too is that the the other uh, you know people that are working in mission control seem like they're they're incredibly uh, incredibly incompetent like colonel belt and and michelle have to tell the other guy like what to do and she's like well did you check the weather and he's like oh yeah. i didn't think to do that like what <laughs> like are you kidding me yeah like, no the <laughs> the obvious stuff yeah and also you know uh, we haven't really talked about Mulder and scully at all i mean i think that the show this episode in particular was was maybe trying to do something with Mulder's love of the space program his his sort yeah. of there's a way in which it does reveal some information about why Mulder is the way he is. And okay, he was a geeky kid who was sitting four inches away from the television set while Star Trek was on, right? Yeah. Like he was that kid, but it doesn't, I don't buy it necessarily in this episode. And it doesn't seem to, it seems a little bit out of his character to, to geek out this much yeah. and to, shirk his professional duties and responsibilities like this i mean particularly at the end when you know scully is saying we need to give him this medication you know he's you know freaking out his heart you know blood pressure and he's like no i've got to ask the question and he doesn't even ask any useful questions or get any useful information like he's endangering this guy like that that alone seemed a little like you know, why are they involved in this? How do they get involved in this? You know, it's... Mulder and Scully's relationship seems almost entirely different from, yeah. from how it's been developing. You know, it's not a combative relationship. They do like each other and they're, yeah. they're collegial to each other, but they definitely are, are people that like to argue and, and they're able to not take it personally. But in this episode, we get no scenes like that. Well, because they don't really have much differences in them. Other, You know, she's into interested... You know, he's interested in space and... Uh, she she doesn't really care. I mean, I think she, at one point she even says like, oh, I was busy, you know, wanting a pony and learning to braid my hair or something like that, which, uh, you know, what, whatever Scully was when she was young, I, ne I don't necessarily know if I pictured her as a girly girl like that, you know? Right, like, right. I, I could – it, it it feels like it would have been more in her character, like, you know, I, you know, was playing with, you know, little doctor kids as a kid, you know, I, I always wanted to be in medicine, you know? Something like that makes a little more sense or. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And I also think that for me, this episode feels like it is really two separate things that have nothing to do with each other. One of the one of the I think the pleasures and the joys and the reasons why the X-Files works is that Mulder and Scully hmm. encounter the mystery of the episode, the real mystery of the episode. Right. And, and you know, as much as you didn't like squeeze for example yes. it would have been a much worse episode if they thought they were just running around trying to capture a regular serial killer and they never realized that this guy was yeah. actually some sort of you know genetic throwback whereas i by the way in 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 light of this i feel bad criticizing squeeze but yeah like the show 
definitely yeah. is worse than Squeeze. But like that's really the problem is that in this episode, we never get a scene where they realize what's going on until the very end. And even then, it's just uh, a very sort of his face is changing and there's no attempt made for them to really understand what was going on. And for most of the running time of this episode, they think they're dealing with some sort of mysterious saboteur it's actually Colonel Belt being controlled by some sort of alien ghost, but they don't know that. And yeah. so that's why it feels so schizophrenic to me, I think. We don't even have a working theory about what this thing is. We don't have, you know, we've had plenty of times where they'll, you know, or Mulder will come up with this theory and they'll begin to shoot. He, there's never any point where he says, oh, I've seen this in the X-Files before, you know, so and you know, a, a there's ghosts in space, and it turns out that, you know, spirits, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, they don't even half-ass anything. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know it exists until the very end of the episode, and that's part of the problem why it doesn't work. And we don't even get the sense that he cares. Again, uh, Ice let, well, Ice ended with the, you know, thing that, oh, this is gone, but I still, you know, wish I knew what this was. This right. is like, wow, bunch of weird shit happened. I learned nothing, but, you know, what a day. Yeah, pretty much. I, I got to meet. <laughs> I, I got to see a space shuttle launch from Mission Control. Hooray! And there's a way to do that again, right? I mean, there is a way to do episodes of the X Files where they don't realize something paranormal is going on for a while, but you need to clue them in at some point. And and to have these people running around Mulder and Scully, not realizing what's going on and thinking that they're dealing with some sort of saboteur, and not even really doing a very good job of investigating what's going on with the saboteur by the way, yeah, that it, it makes them out to be sort of incredulous. And I don't buy that they would do that. You know, it is, it, you're right. Like we don't get a scene of Mulder spinning one of his weird theories. And that's kind of one of the joys of the show. You know, Mulder spinning one of his crazy yeah. theories and, you know, Scully standing there looking at him like he's got two heads. And it doesn't work because I don't think that either character really buys what's going on yeah. around them. Nobody seems to know what's going on and no one's interested in finding out. And they're, they're not acting, they're reacting the entire time. And, and we don't watch this television show to watch these two characters react. I also don't buy that neither Mulder nor Scully would make a phone call to try to go over Bell's head to stop this launch. Like, that feels like the kind of thing Mulder would do. I mean, he has all yeah. his friends in Congress. They've, they, they genuinely believe... You know, which is the case that this launch is going to be unsafe, that Bill is making poor decisions, that he's refusing to look at evidence. I mean, look what he does in the next episode. Like it's, oh, yeah, yeah, you meant Bell. Yes, you know, Mulder does not listen to rules in that way when he thinks that something, you know, important needs to be done. You think he would at least try because, again, it turns out to be correct. This is an unsafe launch. Right, right. And, and, I mean, I appreciate the the episode trying to bring in some real world concerns about the ways in which the government doesn't really want to know what's going on and people have to cover things up and scandals yeah. and stuff like that. And, you know, Colonel Bell and Michelle are both going up in front of the press and lying their, their pants off about it being a successful yeah. launch and there were no problems. But it all just feels very by the numbers and very yeah. flat and there's no... You know, there's no subtlety to it, and there's no sort of thematic resonance whatsoever. Yeah, again, going back to shadows, you, you know, that was all. That was certainly about uh, the, the military-industrial complex, about people unscrupulously selling weapons, you know, for profit, and that kind of agreed. And the supernatural elements of this are all about bringing that to light. And 
again, that felt very satisfying, the, 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 you know, the twist in that episode. Yeah. This just, again, it's a pile of stuff that happened. I didn't learn anything about this. It wasn't like, uh, I don't know what, and I don't know what to think about Bell. I don't know if he's a poor victim who's trapped in a situation. I don't know if he's an idiot. I don't know to which degree he's aware of what he's doing, but I don't get the sense the episode knows either. Yeah, and I mean, they, they, they try and sort of make Colonel Bell out to be, and I, would, I was never sure if his name was Bell or Belt, by the way. Yeah. You say Bell, I say Belt. I'm like, I don't even know what his name is. It doesn't I, really matter. Yeah. But that that uh, Mulder does try and, and spin out some sort of theory about it at the very end where Colonel Belt was being controlled by this thing, but subconsciously he was the one that was, uh, uh, you know, trying to to get them help or something, and the two sides of him were at war. And but it's all very ill defined, and there's no real effort made to justify it whatsoever. And it almost, you know, that scene makes Mulder out to be really small because it almost seems like he's spinning a theory to protect the memory of a man he thought as a hero not an actual yeah not an actual theory that he believes now frankly you get this episode you take out all of the ghost sequences maybe it becomes a little stronger because of that ambiguity was bell somebody who you know went through this extraordinarily stressful and terrifying situation and came back broken and is you know acting out of uh PTSD and, you know, not completely in control of his actions and going under extreme stress as a right. result of this? Or is he somebody who's, you know, possessed by an alien entity and we'll never really know, but, you know, the price that we pay for, you know, knowledge and exploration is certainly dear. Well, I think the last thing I'll say before we move on to, to Fallen Angel is the the other problem I have with it is um, a very fundamental one, which is I don't necessarily know how long it actually takes to land the space shuttle and they're running out of oxygen they have 33 minutes of oxygen left could you actually go from low earth orbit to landing in 33 minutes that doesn't seem realistic to me i don't know maybe it is but i considering that they're thousands of miles above the earth well i don't know once you get into the at well i guess once you get in the atmosphere but getting to the atmosphere i i'd assume you don't have to worry about oxygen at that point I guess that's true, yeah. But, well, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but it's just kind of one of those things where it's like the episode doesn't seem to really have thought out all the ramifications I of what's going on. don't get the sense they've done much research in this episode. It's, it's like I said, they, they were late on the deadline on this episode, and they just needed to get it in. Yeah. Well, and they wrote it in, like, 40-point font. <laughs> well, let's move on to Fallen Angel, then, which is a better episode. I didn't... I both didn't quite like it, but I'm wondering if this is an episode that this is an episode that feels like it's trying to contribute to the mythology of the series. Um, given that we have a little bit more about Deep Throat, who's becoming an important character, um, we learn a bit more about Mulder's kind of reputation outside of the FBI, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know to what degree long-haired seizure beard guy is ever going, you know, going to be like I don't he could very easily come back in a later episode sure. or not. I I have no idea. Um I didn't quite like this episode and I'm not quite sure why, so I guess we'll figure that out, but yeah. it was a better episode certainly. Yeah, I mean it's a much stronger episode than Space, although 
that's not hard to do i i like this episode because it does a couple of things really well i think number one it's it's well constructed and it, it moves very nicely throughout it doesn't really get bogged down and it also i think does lend an air of real gravitas to the situation i think an air of real urgency to the situation that was was something that the show was perhaps not as good as doing at this point you know certainly some of it is artificial with the the counting of the days and things like that but i like that it is an episode which remembers that Mulder and scully have a real relationship that you know Mulder is off on his own for the first 10 minutes of the episode and he immediately gets captured, which I love. I'm about to say, I, I don't buy him. I, I, I wrote a note, like, I don't buy Mulder being Solid Snake. He's a capable agent, but he's not a super spy. He's not going to be. And then he immediately gets caught. So I'm like, okay. you know, Right, like the show realizes that yeah. he is not Solid Snake. Yeah, exactly. He's only going to manage it for about an hour before he. Right, and he's like, obviously, yeah. in the middle of the, the woods taking pictures with light all around <laughs> him. And he's like, yeah, he's going to get caught. And he gets caught. And obviously the reason why he gets caught is because they want him to meet Max. And then you get the scene where Scully comes back and is able to to get him out of the holding yeah. cell. And then they you know form up and they do their investigation again. And that's why I think I like the episode. Because, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, is... The alien stuff that interesting is the mm. the the ship, the fallen angel that interesting. You know, we get scenes about asteroids or whatever, meteors uh, uh, hovering over yeah. places and things like that. I love the uh, the ra- the woman who's doing the radar. You know, going immediately like shocked, and you know, the second time she's like the meteor, sir. You know, <laughs> and you certainly get hints at a larger conspiracy at this point. I have warned you against taking the overall plot of the yeah. show too seriously because it's never that well constructed and doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. It, it certainly makes some sense for a while and then it kind of goes off the rails. This is kind of a dead end in a way. And yeah. It kind of is and it kind of isn't. You know, it is just another thing where the show is, I think, really remembering that it's about aliens. Yeah. And, and I mean, I like it feels like the world building is less for. It's less about, you know, getting specific. We may never hear of kneecap again. You know, the organizations that he mentions, you know, might never be named NICAP, again. Not kneecap. <laughs> Sorry. I th- oh, I thought it was kneecap, and that's why it was called that. No, it's nightcap. Oh, never mind. Um, I mean, I but but I take the world building elements as more flavor here. You know, we 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 need to put Mulder. Part of it is it definitely wants to contrast Mulder to Mark. Is that his name? Max. Max. He definitely wants to contrast Mulder to Max because. When he he first meets Max, he's rambling, oh, JFK and, you know, government conspiracies and stuff. And this is the kooky government conspiracy guy. This is the guy who's living in a weird van with all these strange books. And, you know, he's following all these things and he has all this, you know, equipment and he's gone off the deep end. He's, well, he's Mulder without the resources of the yeah. FBI. And he's also Mulder who's not traditionally handsome. Yeah. I mean, those are two very real things. Mm. And I think that... But but I like it because I think that it's it's a little bit more subtle than you're giving it credit for. Because mm. you know, for example, the very end of the episode when Mulder and Scully are talking, and 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 uh, you know, uh, uh, Scully says, you know, look, he's he's taking medicine for yeah. schizophrenia. This is a man who is is disconnected from reality. And and Mulder says, no, you don't understand. Max doesn't think he was abducted by aliens. I think he was abducted. Yeah, it's like that to me 
you know, is it a completely successful episode of the show? No, but it has an understanding of the characters. It has an understanding mm-hmm. of the relationship between them. And it also has an understanding of their relationship uh, to the outside world yeah. that I think is is very, very well formed. Yeah. I mean, it makes I the detail that, you know, in the conspiracy theory community, which is, you know, probably being, you know, on Usenet everywhere at this point in time, um, Mulder is a legend. Yes, he's the guy in the FBI who knows all about this stuff. The X-Files are going to be legendary. Sure. You know, Mulder writes something under a pseudonym just not really thinking about it. I mean, imagine how happy they were when they cracked that thing, you know. Uh, I like that detail a lot because it's true. Mulder would not go unnoticed by the kinds of people who are looking into everything. And I also like the implication of Max's line because I like the character of Max. Too. Yeah. Like he is not a stereotypical character you know there is definitely a, a a way in which the show could have made him out to be yeah. you know a, a generally kooky guy who you're supposed to to pity and he's yeah. a little, you know he's not that at all and he seems very intelligent he seems like he's just someone who you know has some health problems who has some yeah. interests that are outside the realm of of what respectable society thinks and it also makes him out to be, I think, very, very uh, wily in a certain way because Mulder hasn't really, like you said, uh, realized or, or even thought about the fact that that people outside of the government would be paying attention yeah. to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing about, like, the Freedom of Information Act and Max says, oh, well, all of your travel records are, are a matter uh, of public records, so we're able to keep tabs on you, that kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's the very beginning. I mean, some of it, again, is, like, very sort of... Um, early 90s precious yeah. about the what the government would be interested in and what the government is doing and and why the government is doing what it's huh. doing and all that kind of stuff but it it all kind of works i think i mean yeah let, let's connect that to uh Mulder's line at the end you know no government agency should have jurisdiction over the truth and how weird is that in trump's america uh where the government is trying to have jurisdiction over the truth um but that uh, and not even jurisdiction. They're trying. They're trying to create their yeah. own truth. And I think, well, that's what it really comes down to. I mean, not not only in in, in Trump's America, but also in, in this version of of America, in the X Files version of America. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um. And you had certainly there's that pushback to that. Um. Because I mean, not to cut you off, but like, how ridiculous does Scully? seem when she comes out with that line about a libyan fighter yeah Mulder's like do you really believe that and And that that to us sounds ridiculous because how the fuck would a libyan fighter jet end up in wisconsin you know (laughs) it's not possible but yeah but yeah it's pretty i i I, but i like that she she very obviously hasn't thought of that that critically likely because she's dealing with what the fuck problem has Mulder gotten into? Oh my God, how do I get him out of this? What's right. he on? You know, what is going to happen? You know, I have to play baby. You know, all of those things are when she's given that explanation of Libyan fighter jet. Okay, great. You know, that, that sounds logical. Great. And she doesn't really question it until, but the second that Mulder says, do you really believe it? You can tell she's, you know, she makes that week. Well, it was very highly classified, and which even she knows is bullshit at that point. And yeah, uh, uh, again, she is whatever it is, whether this is a genuine, you know, whether it's a whatever this is, whether it's a UFO in the sense of experimental jet craft or UFO in the sense of alien ship she's open-minded enough to realize that yes, the Libyan fighter jet doesn't really hold up to scrutiny and 
let's assume it's a lie. Okay, well, what really is it? Right, because, I mean, at the very end of the episode, you've got that great Mulder line, which is, you know, what do you do when even when lies are stamped with an official seal yeah. or something like that? And I think that's one of the other reasons I like this episode is that it um, it, it definitely has a, a sort of cadence to the speech. And it definitely, you know, Chris Carter, I, I imagine that that he put his fingerprints on this. I mean, he wrote space. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. Oh. Uh, but, you know, he definitely has uh, some speechifying in him. Uh, very similar, I think, to the sort of stuff that like J. Michael Straczynski writes sometimes. Mm. Only it's it's a little better than that. Uh, you know, Chris Carter is perhaps uh, uh, not the 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 best writer in the world, but but he certainly does have a understanding of big bombastic speeches. Yeah, and I like that because it reminds me of why I like the X Files. You know, if you don't like that kind of stuff, you're probably not going to like the X Files, but. It works in this episode, and it's kind of the beginning of that in a way. No, I can deal. I can deal with characters monologuing. Speech doesn't have to be realistic, and it's been a while since I've seen Babylon Five. Though I did recently see Sense Eight, and it's a lot. You're right; it is a lot less. I think Straczynski is trying to reach higher than Chris Carter simply is, and so. When Chris Carter fails on a big speech, he's, he falls less far. When yeah. JMS does, he falls from the sky. I don't think, I don't think you know, I mean, I don't know if Chris Carter actually wrote that speech at the end of the yeah. episode, but I don't think it fails, and I think it no, works no, really no. well. And, you know, the other thing is, we haven't really talked about Deep Throat, so we've seen the character of Deep Throat twice. He was in the pilot, no, in Deep Throat, and then he was also in... Uh, forget what episode he was in actually wasn't it um ghost in the machine of all things i think so yeah that would... yeah 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 because he talks about you know how the right. dod wants off oh anyway what a strange episode for, huh. for him to, to appear yeah, in. That's true but in this episode the fbi whatever guy comes out and is incredulous that that this character would have stopped them from essentially dismissing Mulder from the fbi yeah. and without playing the hand too much you know, the show is obviously trying to do something about whether or not we trust that character. Yeah. Uh, you know, what What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's interesting because at, at this point we've thought about – Deep Throat in his appearances has been, you know, stuff's going around. I can't do anything about it because of my particular position. But, you know, saying a couple – you know, saying the right words to Mulder means he'll go on his own and he'll figure it out and I have plausible deniability and all of this. At the end of this episode, he's saying, look, you know, because there is going to be – I am going to have that question of why yeah. the hell don't they just shoot Mulder? Right. You, you know, why are they still – why is he still on the payroll? There are so many – you know, wasn't the entire reason Scully is in this show implied to be that she was going to be reviewing and keeping tabs on him and either getting him to behave or – documenting his indiscretions um and yeah and i mean that's one of the great things about the show of course is that she is such a, a character of, of high standing and, yes. and high uh, uh you know moral ability and all those kind of things that she is you know they may want her to dance but she's not going to unless yeah. she thinks it's right and, yeah and unless she, she obviously likes the beat. <laughs> right yeah so that's obviously where that's going but at this conversation deep throat essentially says that if they were to let Mulder go which they very easily could from this incident, from any one of a number of other incidents, uh, from incidents that will occur, they could fire Mulder very easily or even further bury him. But if they let him go, they don't know where he's going to end up. Will he end up at NICAP? Will he end up with an even worse uh, 
organization? Is he going to go to the CIA? God forbid. You know, like, right. there are, you know, nobody knows where Mulder will end up, who's going to be whispering in his ear, who he's going to be helping. And that's, a you know, right now, Mulder is a known known, right? They're, they know that he's going – even if he's not completely playing by the book, they know what where his office is. They yeah. know what he's going to do, and they know that Scully is going to report most of it to them, and that's much better than him being an unknown known yeah, or yeah. known unknown or whatever that would be. Sure, we'll go with that. But yeah, you know, he I know what you mean though, yeah. Yeah, he, as he says, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. They are but, keeping but is is who is he lying? Is well, he, that's yeah. A, a, and I like that because is he just, you know, is this just the plausible layer to deep throat like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm totally using Mulder, you know, I'm totally doing this for the department." Or is he genuine in that, you know, Mulder is his way of stopping whatever is happening and you know, he's just saving face to his colleagues so that way he won't press the issue. I mean, what do you think? I don't know yet. I feel that – I don't know. Frankly, uh, look at the, one of the taglines of the show, trust no one. You know, that means that Mulder and Scully have each other and it's them against the world. And so given the paranoid uh, – nature of the show i wouldn't be surprised if deep throat did turn out to be genuinely that i'm working to keep tabs on Mulder or kind of a thing i mean he could be even both too it, sure. you know there could sure. be a more he could be saying you know i don't want Mulder fired because we'll lose him and you know who knows where he's going out and then he you know i lose a very precious resource i mean it could just be for I, let me put it this way: I don't. I think. Mul, I think Deep Throat only so much cares about Mulder's well-being. He doesn't seem to. You know, he doesn't like him in the sense that Mulder and Scully like each other. He's not personally invested in Mulder, but he is a very important research. Re, uh, he is a very important resource. Yeah, and I do think Deep Throat does have a gen, his agenda, and that he and Mulder are aligned on that. Yeah, I mean, I I think that that's right, and and you know we'll see where that goes. Of course, you know where we'll find whether or not we find out uh, the full extent of what yeah. uh, that character's agenda is or not. And and you know we don't even know if he works for the FBI. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what he is. Yeah, I don't know if there, and I don't know if he has a specific group in mind at this point in the show of who Mulder is in danger or falling into. I don't think so. Uh, it, it definitely becomes yeah. more developed as the show goes on. Again, Max is, you know, Max implies that there are so many groups that are, you know, investigating these kind of things. If Mulder yeah. wants to find somebody to hang out with, he will not have a shortage. And I don't want to give you the impression that the show has no answers. I mean, oh, the, no. show, the show does have answers and the show does uh, uh, come to some sort of resolution about some of these larger questions about aliens, but, and about the government conspiracy and about who's behind it and all that kind of stuff and why they're covering it up and this kind of thing. Uh, uh, are they completely satisfying? Do they completely make sense? That's a question we'll, we'll leave uh, for you for when we get to those episodes. But yeah. And I think that, you know, well, finally maybe is, do you think like the alien seems the most uh, superfluous part of the episode? We've oh, seen yeah. already like three or four different uh, types of aliens. So I'm not really sure what the show is going for there. I'm wondering if you have an idea. Yeah. I, well, I mean, we learn equally much about this alien as we do about the ghost in the previous episode. From what we know, it has the ability – it's invisible or camouflaged or something. Sure, and, and makes a weird noise. Yeah, and has the ability to just burn people in the vicinity with radiation. It has some kind of way to take over 
Max. We don't really know. It, it Again, it ends very unresolved and ambiguous, but in a much more satisfying way. We know, you know, even if we don't have a full set of the aliens' abilities and stat- statistics, we know some of its major powers, and that's all it uses. You know, it right, feels very right. consistent within the episode. They thought about it. They didn't think about the ghost. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that they have a kind of idea about what the alien is and what it's doing. And if we don't have all the answers, well, that's okay. And frankly, this episode realizes that not showing the monster is a lot scarier than showing a shitty monster. Yeah. I mean, the most we get is is kind of an image of a man. And, yeah. You know, oh, just, or more, but more of a humanoid figure. Right. And right. It's, you know, it, which again, right decision, I think. If yeah. you don't want to show if you don't want to reveal your monster yet, that that was part of it because I feel like they haven't revealed the nature of the aliens. You know, there could be frankly a bunch of different species that are count as the aliens. Well, yeah, because I, I I think the other part of that too is, you know, in the same way that that the previous episode Space didn't really have a good understanding about what the government was doing, why Mulder and Scully were there, why we watched this show. Fallen Angel definitely does. And it is the kind of thing where even though they may not have answers, it seems like they do. And that's probably enough. Yeah. And they man- they also managed to put in enough other stuff around it. Again, the alien's the least interesting part of the episode, sure. So it's only really in a couple of scenes and it's more about you know Mulder and Scully and the conspiracy and their relationship to Max in this episode. Yeah. That's yeah. what – and there are other stuff to hang it on. Yeah. the the ghost in the previous episode had nothing else to hang it on and yeah uh, yeah exactly and I, I i think too that that the character of max and, and the character of molder uh, play interesting roles for each other because essentially both of them are hope for the other person you know yeah. max is using molders as as hope for um you know the, the truth getting out there and molder is using max for hope that that aliens are actually abducting people and that they're they're <laughs> coming back and they're okay you know and it's an interesting sort of juxtaposition mm-hmm. there you know it, it kind of indicates that molder is going to have a very interesting relationship with uh, the the sort of obsessed people that are yeah. outside the, the 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 realm of of polite society that are sort of obsessed with this alien stuff well, it's as you said, you know, you're right. Mulder has more resources and he's a much better looking guy. I mean, Mulder, I think, is coming from a pl- – this is also complimenting that scene in Jersey Devil when he talks to the homeless guy, you know, gets the information. He's planning on camping out and he gives the guy his hotel room for the night. You know, Mulder does recognize that there are people much less fortunate sure. who are – if they're as down and out as the homeless guy or if they're just, you know, epileptic and schizophrenic like this guy is, but – He's able to identify himself in others, too. He recognizes that he has had some losses, his sister. Yeah. And is, again, part of the re- – you know, Scully says she's on the side of the victim in that one – in in Squeeze. And Mulder is on the side of the truth, which turn out to often be the same thing. Sure. You know, Mulder actually cares about the truth and the victims, and that's why he's a – good person yeah yeah they both have their own quests yeah and i I, you know finally maybe i think that the other thing i like about this episode is that it actually remembers that scully's a doctor yes (laughs) because in space they have that weird scene where uh colonel belt is 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 having his cardiac arrest or whatever and i think Mulder actually says someone get a doctor (laughs) a doctor standing right next to you dude What, what are you talking about yeah uh okay and then you know of course in fallen angel we get the nice scene um with the doctor standing up to the the military yeah after uh, he says he hates fascists yeah Yeah. very timely (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. Well, I think that's it for for this episode of tuning in. If you would like to leave a comment on either of the episodes of the X-Files, Space, or Fallen Angel we just discussed, please leave a comment on the post for this episode of the podcast at tuninginshow.com. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash truckaboutshow, which also supports our other long-running podcast, Truckabout. It's a great time to get involved in Truckabout if you have not listened to it before because we are just starting our Star Trek Voyager podcasts. Uh, The one that we just released this week is on the Star Trek Voyager Season 1 episodes, Phage and the Cloud. So check that out and also check out our Patreon. We are on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Tuning In Show is our username in all those places. And as always, please leave us an iTunes review for tuning in. It is the best way for new fans to find us. Next week, we are at the halfway point of the first season. Already? Already. 24 episodes. We're going to be covering episodes 11 and 12 next week. Uh, One of them is okay, and one of them is okay, I think. Okay. So uh, they're called Eve and Fire. Mac, why do you... (laughs) 